Welcome to the Outdoor Country Talk Podcast, hosted by Jacob Poole and Jeremy Shaw, where we bring country living and the great outdoors together. All right, well, everybody, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Outdoor Country Talk with your hosts, Mr. Jacob Poole and myself, Jeremy Shaw. Poole, what you doing on this rainy afternoon, man? Well, I was wondering if we were going to get to weather on this show since we always seem to somehow or another in the first of the show always discuss weather. And I'm watching this wonderful rainy weather that's not cold yet waiting on this extreme cold that's on its way, apparently. I know this won't air for another week, but... Yeah. It, it'll probably yeah, I know this, in right I, I know this is going to air, hopefully, the aftermath and, you know, have it all behind us when everything fares well, but... Man, why couldn't this have happened about middle of December? Well, that was my first thought. And with the guests that we have on today, I was thinking, all right, this is this is something they're going to chime in on too. But yeah, we have yeah, duck hunting so. weather right after duck season, which I know goose, snow goose season's mm-hmm. on, conservation season's on. So, but yeah. When yeah, we but man, things, I just think about how many mallards going to be piling down to, the, to our area, getting, you know, try to find some open water. And you know, and all our favorite places are going to be slapped full of them. Well, we might just we need do, to... All we can do is look at them. Well, nothing says we can't ease in and go take pictures and film. There you go. There you go. I'm not going to do it. I don't think I have that much <laughs> self-control. I don't know. Me neither. <laughs> our guest then chimed in on our that one. Our guest come in out of the blue on that one, didn't he? Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Talking about self-control, I'm going to go ahead and get this one out of the way now. Uh Came up to a field the other day, looked out, and there's one blowed up in the middle of a field. Full speed, nothing but big, big, big gobbler. And I'm like, oh, March has got to hurry up and get here quick. Really? Oh. You see the the picture I posted? It was one blown up and one standing right beside him that was about to when I took the photo. I check it out. I guess I missed that. Yep, you're going to. It's on our page, Ding, Dingleberry. Well, I may have missed it. I'll look at it. Well, that is, how bad. Some people got to work for a living. Well, I was checking cows. <laughs> I was somewhat working that at that moment. The uh, yeah, but yeah, come come up and I have not heard one gobble just yet. But he he was in full strut, and like I say, the one I got to watch two of them strut for about twenty minutes. Man, that's awesome. And. Just waiting to see what this spring looks like, you know. I'm I'm hoping the yeah. kids are ex- anywhere near excited as I am. So, mm. won't be long, my friend. Won't be long. Look, right now at my house, all I'm hearing about is girls softball. Daddy, ah, we gotta it. get over that. We gotta get on into turkey season. Yeah, thank oh, wow. goodness we turkey hunt in the morning and we play softball <laughs> in the evening, so we can work our way around. It. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, Paul, I think we got a good show lined up. We actually got two guests with us today, a father and father and son combo, and going to talk. I bet it's going to be primarily about duck hunting, but probably a little bit of everything if I had to guess. Well, yeah, if you if you go on their social media pages, they they cover a, a broad spectrum of things. But from talking to them just a little bit that we've got to visit with them, duck hunting seems to be the passion, and as everybody knows on this show, we. We favor that topic ourselves. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I think it's a fine time to introduce who we're going to have on today. 
y'all, everybody listening today, we have Next Generation Outdoors, Mr. David Nichols and his son, Will. Guys, how are you today? Good. Doing wonderful, man. Thank you for having us. Well, Will, I'm going to go ahead and say it sounded from your good, sounded like you perked right back up and hadn't gone to sleep on us yet. That's not true. (laughs) (laughs) Well, guys, why don't y'all kind of start to show off, introduce yourselves, and tell everybody a little bit about what y'all do. Go ahead, Will. Oh, okay. Well, I'm David Nichols, and um, I'm, you know, the guy that kind of kicked Next Generation Outdoors off. And, um, you know, if it's fur, feather, or fin, we, we you know, anything amphibious, we kind of chase it. Um, You know, I've been doing it pretty much all my life. I've raised up doing it, you know, in the dirt in the country and loved it. And, uh, and, and here comes William. You know, we, we thought we were done having children. And I guess the Lord decided we needed, we needed another one. So here comes Will. And, um, dude, for, you know, when a young man quits baseball and football and says it, in, and it, it uh, interferes with his duck hunting, his deer hunting and his fishing and frogging, uh, you know, what can you, I guess you switch gears and, you jump out in the woods. You saddle that horse up and ride it, don't you? Yeah, I'm like, dude, you're in my wheelhouse. <laughs> well, sure. Now, I was a, I was a football player um, from young all the way up to you know 20 years old. Um, a lot of it. Don't want to get into all that, but I loved it passionately, but. If he don't want to do that, <clears throat> the only concussion we're going to get, hopefully, is bumping up against a tree somewhere, I hope, you know. Uh, I'm getting better. <laughs> Some three-and-a-half-inch loads may may give a jar sometime. You know, the very first episode, Justin Fortune with uh, Fortune Outdoors, which is the other guy we had talked about a little earlier. The very first episode we did, we did a Pearl River WMA with uh, Will and another young man. And Will, what was that, last year? It was last year the yeah, season sure. before I'd have to look at the footage to see. But Will was cranking that three and a half with a Beretta A400 and 12 gauge. And if you watch the footage, you can see it rocking back. But he was handling he was handling that gun like a like a man. At the ripe age of eleven years old, then right? Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> he was ten or eleven at the time. Uh, there was some controversy on YouTube because we actually at that time, Next Generation, what was was not it was formed, but it was not on YouTube like that. You know, I wasn't doing any footage stuff, you know. <clears throat> but so Justin came aboard and was like, hey, let me film something. And this is in the, the be- very beginning of that introduction. But when Justin came in and did that and filmed it and put it on, you know, I think he said these 10-year-olds or 11-year-olds or whatever they were at the time can shoot like, you know, better than most grown men. 
there was some controversy on the three and a half inch part. There was folks getting silly about that and them killing ducks and oh my golly, how many more uh, <clears throat> um, buildings can we burn down when people just against the sport of hunting, you know. And the biggest question is, is what does it matter? I mean, to, to everybody that listens to this show, you know, normally nothing but outdoorsmen and women that listen to it. But, you know, we've said it on here many a time that if, if it's legal and you want to do it, do it. If you want to shoot them with two and three quarter, you know, or three inch or three and a half inch, if that's what makes you happy, rock on. Amen. Rock on. I mean, was the was more of the controversy geared toward a kid that young shooting a twelve gauge with three and a half inch loads, or was it just people saying you don't need that to kill a duck? That you don't need that to kill a duck. Gotcha. So we were so we were on a draw hunt, very first draw hunt we had ever been on. And if you ever been to the Pearl Pearl River WNA. Those three stations are wide open, long. I mean, you could get your flybys could. So we were in the very first station up there. So they're coming from the rest area and they're flying by and we were shooting, he was shooting ringnecks. We, I wasn't shooting. <laughs> but, uh, anyway, they were flying by, you know, a ringneck could move. So. Oh, yeah. They're far out or high or whatever. Uh, and I don't know what that was, you know, and I don't think it was, hey, we're going to shoot three and a half because we got a long range shot. That's just what we had in the bag that day. And we actually, I didn't know we were going to be able to get, you know, the guy said, hey, we're, we're drawn. I'm sorry. I didn't let you know. And okay. Two days later, I was too busy to go get some other shells, but Will said, dude, daddy, I'm, I'm good. Bring them on. Let's shoot. And he cranked them out. Well, you know, and and we we've had this discussion on here before many times. There, there's a lot of experts on social media, so it, most time it doesn't matter what you do; it's still wrong. You know, there there's some 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 expert out there with an opinion that's not gonna like it no matter what you do. So that's why that's why we always say if it's legal, go for it. Because I've shot right. I've shot everything under the sun. Because a lot of times it may be the, like you say, it may be the only thing I have or is what I've got with me at the time or what I can find at the time. You know, if you're out of state hunting and you have a real good shoot the morning before and you didn't quite bring enough ammo, then you run and you get what you can buy. It may not be the the same brand or size, or but if it's legal, rock on and run with it. So, well, David, how did, kind of backing up a little bit, how did y'all get started with Next Generation Outdoors. How did, kind of bring us into how y'all decided y'all wanted to do this. You know, Will being as passionate as he is about being in the outdoors, um, my relationship with my kids um, is extremely important. And to see that and I was going to let Will touch on this topic, and he probably will in just a little bit. But to see that that young man would rather be on a fulcrum in my front yard, tearing my ditch up, 
or running around with a stick at young age all the way up to where he is still today shooting, acting like he's shooting something. I'm not saying that every kid has to do this now. You know, everybody's got their head and ours is hunting. But for Will to be able to, um, for Will to be out there doing those things, I'm like, you know what, man? So if we started something that was next generation outdoors and we could do everything that we do that we love and if we could bring some other kids on board and help them, we can't save everyone. We can't, and it's not saving, it's, it's an opportunity to be heritage, be where, what we've done all our lives, you know, from way back till today to be able to bond have relationships, camaraderie, laugh and joke, and enjoy the pure outdoors. What can we do to be a model that would help a young man see a video or a kid and say, and, and look, next generation is not for four years old, 12 or 15. It can be 25. It can be 30. It can be whatever. It doesn't matter. But it's dad or son to start off with the kids saying, Daddy, look at this video. Look what they're doing. Would you take me or can we connect somewhere with somebody and can we go do something like that? So if they get to do that and they engage in it and they enjoy it and they bond what greater reward is that than to bring people together to enjoy what God's created for us? I, I don't think it can get any better. In my, and that's my opinion now, and there's millions of them, but that's mine. And it has intrigued a lot of people, and it's helped some people. You know, those kids, so Will went to church last night with another young man. And, uh, we were going to school this morning and he said, uh, yeah, there were some guys in there that <clears throat> said, hey, we watch your videos. These are teenagers, I'm assuming. Is that right, Will? Yes, sir. And these guys, uh, were saying, we've been watching your videos and that's pretty cool, man. You're, you're a pretty good shot. You, you duck call really well for 12 years old. Now we're not trying to lift up that or put him on a pedestal, but he does a good job at it. But the young men saw it, and they, and they told them, don't stop what you're doing. You're doing a great job. Man, it's awesome to watch your stuff. So you don't ever know who's watching. You may not have 40,000 or 100,000 followers, but, man, you don't know who's paying attention to you in the background. But don't ever say a word, right? Mm-hmm. So let's get Another topic, you know, I'm not going to chase rabbit holes. I'm going to try to stay on topic, but that's kind of the reason. I don't know if I answered the question fully. I hope I did. Yeah, I mean, um, it, but that's kind of what got us kicked off. Well, it, it sounds to me like y'all are y'all are right there in our wheelhouse. I know Jeremy would agree with me on this. If we can pass it down to one person, if we can inspire one person to go out and spend more time in the outdoors and to get a just a semblance, just a piece of the passion that we have for the outdoors, 
then we've done our job. We've passed it down or passed it on. And it sounds like that's that's exactly what y'all are doing. And that was one of the reasons I wanted to get y'all on today. Just, you know, to be able to pass that love and that passion for the sport or for the outdoors down is, you know, it's what we're all about. So it's always nice to connect with folks that, that feel the same way. Well, I'll tap on that just one time, and then y'all go ahead and do it, you know, however y'all want to continue. But, you know, if, if, if Will, Will told me, he said, you know, Dad, I want to be, uh, I want to be a professional hunter or a fisherman or both. I said, okay. We're going to, we'll embark, embark on this journey and we're going to enjoy it. And if something comes out of it, great. And if something doesn't, you know, as far as professional-wise, that's okay. We'll get an education and we'll do what we got to do just like everybody else does. But we will build, and he don't, he won't see this right now as we're building it. But as we get, you know, when I'm 65, 70 years old, and the memories that we have created that Justin has been a huge part of putting together, but the memories we've created will be unparalleled. I mean, he'll see that when he's 30. He'll see it when he's 20. You know, whatever age, he starts grasping. You know, and you hope that you don't lose somebody in life where that stuff will become reality and, and perspective sets in. But the memories that you build doing these things are some of the... And, and the memories are built in many facets, right? Mm-hmm. Whether it's... Um, you know, marriages or just family, every day-to-day life, that kind of stuff. But these are our passions. These are our obsessions. These are the things that we just, man, we really get after and, and we are ate up with, you know. And Will's 12. You know, he's got a lot of, he's got some things that he'll probably say as he grows into this sport. Um, and, again, it'll come to reality later on with him. Well, y'all are getting to do, and we'll, you know, like your dad saying there, the the making of the memories, the doing, but you're getting to spend time together. You're spending time that a lot of folks don't get to spend together, and it will, I promise, it will make, it'll mean a lot to you later in life. The the friendships and the relationships you make, the connections, uh, you know, we we make connections all over the place and there's a lot of times where I can tie somebody with somebody else, you know, to help them, you know, benefit something or, you know, uh, friendship that I had, I can put with another friend and they wind up getting to do a hunt or a business transaction or whatever it is. It'll amaze you that by, by building those relationships, how far it'll take you in life and whether you get anything, you know, out of it or not, other than a you know a good good pat on the back or a handshake, I thank you. It's all worth doing. You know, one good favor always comes around to another one. So, Will, I've got a I've got a question for you. You know, when you, when you were a kid and you had those thoughts that you know hunting was was it or it, it is it. You know, it's not the football, it's not baseball, it's hunting. This is what I want to do for a career. Is what you're thinking? You know, as a young as a young man. What do you think about it was about hunting that that gave you that mindset? I don't know, really. Um, my dad just got me into it. 
So you think it was it was his drive and his motivation and you know his teachings kind of just made you want to pick it up from there and then you know have it in your mind that th- I want this to be my career. I want this to be what I do in life. Yes, sir. And mainly YouTube that these guys do that for a living, like duck hunting and stuff, making videos out of that. Like that's what they do for a living. And I just love duck hunting so much that it makes me really want to just use that. I got you. It's pretty cool. Oh, that's I like awesome. That. Yes, sir. Well, tell me this. In duck hunting, what's your favorite part? If you had to put them in top three, what's your favorite top three things about duck hunting? Enjoying what Jesus has provided for us, like the ducks, watching them. Okay, do you have a two and a three? Yes, sir. Well, you gonna, you're going to have to tell he's him. Asking you to give, he's asking you to give him three different things. One is what God uh, created. And there's how pretty the ducks are and spending time with my dad and my friends. That's awesome. Now, do you I think that's a stellar top three? Yeah, I don't, I don't, know, if you, I don't know if you can outdo those top three, really. Well, Will, what, uh, you know, I, I know you're, you're a good shot and everything, but from the videos and stuff I've seen, and I, I got to talk to, to the guy that y'all hunted, did a youth hunt with last weekend. Mr. Jay and I are actually good friends. And he, he called me and sent me a video and he said, this kid can call. Like he can run a duck call and run one well. And after I watched the video, I was like, man, I got to ask him, you know, what, because that's not something that you just pick up and all of a sudden you're good at. It's something you got to put a lot of work and a lot of effort into. How much time, you know, how, how long has it taken you to really get to where you were comfortable with your call and calling? I honestly really don't know how long it took, but my dad helped me out a lot with it, and I just really wanted to be um, just like him. Like, be a good duck caller. And, um, I honestly don't know how I got the feel of it, but my dad helped me. So I think that's why. Will, I know when, like, when we do kids' events and stuff, we usually give out from Delta Waterfowl, we give out a lot of free kids' duck calls. And we kind of, you know, we'll, we'll, you know, do 10, 10, hut, hut, hut. Is there, do you have any kind of little tips or secrets for any of our young listeners or, you know, folks that are just wanting to be a better duck caller? Do you have any, well, any good tips to help folks out? Well, the the one that I use is Tucker and what and give. What was the last one, Will? G-U-V-T. Okay. Like I got you. I had never, I never heard of that one. Yep, that's what I use mainly, though. All right, Will, I'm going to go ahead and tell you this. Mr. Jeremy may not own up to it, but I am. Probably when we get off, I'm going to go grab a duck call, and I'm going to have to try the (laughs) G-U-V-T one. I just want to see what sound actually comes out with it when I do it. That may be the (laughs) secret that's going to turn your duck call around, but what do you think? (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> uh, <laughs> now, Will, how comfortable do you feel? Like, I've got a little buddy that travels with me a lot, and he will call nonstop in the truck when it's just he and I, but he will not even yes, bring his calls in the woods with us. He doesn't feel comfortable calling with ducks in the area or with other people around us. And I have tried my best to get his get him to bring them and say, hey, look, you know, we'll tell you when to hush. It's okay. But you don't have any problem running a call in front of others? No, sir, I don't. Well, the man said earlier he wasn't stage shy, didn't he? No, he's not. Well, that's a pretty good gift. Sometimes right we got... Sometimes, you know, <clears throat> Bill's no doubt now. Look, <clears throat> he's talented with a duck call. Um, we have to, you know, he's he's a young man. He's still learning. So we, you know, and and if he'd probably think about it, he'd tell you about it. He can he can probably tell you. So so I guess a question could be for him. So when a when a bird's going out away from you, what do you do? When a bird's coming in and getting closer to you, how do you handle that situation? And uh, maybe Will can maybe Will can uh, talk about that. Yeah, I was just gonna replicate those questions. You know, if you got a you got some mallards that's coming in, working you spread, and they're gonna go away from you. What what's your approach there? Well, when they're starting to go away, I give them a hail call with um, maybe like a few chuckles in it, and then I use like I break it down, like start getting quieter and quieter. Okay. What about what about they make a swing and they're coming coming back towards you? Do you do you be I quiet mean, at that point or do you, you you start you know soft with them? Or what what what's your what's your take there? Usually at like my first before like right when I turn on turn in I'll do a light California squeal and then uh and then I'll finish them off with a feed call like a really light feed call. Now you're gonna to have to explain the California squeal. What 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 is that? So when a duck goes, uh huh, like that. That's a California squeal. So so you're gonna replicate that? A couple soft. What would you say? A couple soft quacks, and then you put it all together. Yes, sir. It's like kind of a squeal in it. Yeah. Will, do you have a duck call handy? Yes, sir. Can you blow one while we're on the phone? Jimmy, you think it's going to be too loud? I don't know. I would get right up on it, but I think you could, uh, you know, maybe, maybe step away a few feet. Will, if you got one handy, would <laughs> yes, you sir. give us that California squeal real quick? All right. It's coming already. Go for it, buddy. All right. Let her, let her rip. Yes, sir. One more second. Try to get it. He wasn't kidding, was he? He ran that right on out. Yeah, he did. Couldn't couldn't hear it all that clear, but I, I definitely was able. I think everybody would be able to get the gist of it. It's pretty awesome, Will. Thank you. Will, I know grown men that can't do that, so kudos <laughs> to you, buddy. I think that's true. Will, do you think you have a future, or do you see yourself having a future? And I know duck calling, 
I think to me and what I've noticed over the last, you know, five or 10 years, it seemed to be getting, you know, probably more popular than, than what it was whenever I was growing up. Do you see yourself getting into competition or have you done any competitions? Well, kind of. I'm trying. So you trying see to do a little bit of it. Yeah. So you see your future may be, maybe some competitions coming in the, in the near future for you, huh? Yes, sir. Have you competed in a competition yet? No, sir, I have not. Okay. He went up, uh, we were up uh, at White Oak Hunting uh, this year, and we had an opportunity. We've been over there several times. We've probably got about eight or nine elite duck calls from Brad Allen. And uh, so this last time we went over, he actually got a legacy call, which a legacy call from Brad is the competition call. And then I think it was episode five. It's on Instagram. Um, I think that's right. It's one of the last ones. It'll show some of that. Well, Brad was actually working with him, um, showing him how to do some competition calling. And so and then we left there and went back to camp and Keith, uh, Allen is another, um, world champion that came over and ate dinner with us and helped him a little bit too. And I think all that's in that episode. So <clears throat> he's got a couple guys in his corner that have kind of helped him out a little bit. I mean, it's not like you're sitting there with him for weeks and weeks. It's just, a, you know, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, whatever the case may be. But um, Some pretty positive influences, to say the doubt, say, to say the least. Real, real positive influences, ain't no doubt. You know, and I think yeah. at some point, you know, I, I didn't know that um, Spencer had done some competition calling, so I was watching some Roland Thunder stuff, and I, somehow I scrolled across where he was at Max Prairie Wings. I think it was 2014. I think that was 16 or 14, somewhere there. And he won the Max Prairie Wings. It was a cut-down and, uh, competition, and... If I'd have known that, I'd have told him that day. I'm like, hey, what Spencer, I mean, I don't even, the, the hunt we had with him was so, you know, it was so quick and we did what we had to do, you know, we just met him and, um, you know, you don't want to go up and say, hey man, um, you want to help him out, you know, so you try to be polite and respectful and don't overstep your bounds and those kinds of things. And you don't want people to feel like, you know, um, you're, you're going to try to use them for something, you know, you want to let things kind of take their course. But, um, yeah, he's had some great people in his corner and been introduced to some wonderful people. And, um, if he, if he's, he seems, if this seems to be his passion and he wants to try to do it, here's a, here's some of the problem. I don't even really know where to go. You know, um, I, I just don't know where to take him to do these things you know you go in and he could go in there and and it and we wouldn't maybe he may get fifth place out of five people but you get to listen to the top four and you get better and better and better i would be willing to bet that uh there's probably a spot on facebook somewhere that you could ask you know, if there's any youth calling competitions and somebody on there is going to know. If uh, if I don't, if when we get off of here, I may be able to look some up and see 
see where some are because I know a young guy that that competes and competes at a pretty high level in youth competitions. I'm not sure if he's which class he would be in now, but I'm gonna be willing to bet there's a a list of competitions and areas where they're gonna have them that we can probably find for him if if it's something that he really wants to do. Well, Will, I'll tell you this. I'll tell you a quick short story on me. Have you ever heard of Redbone Goose Calls, Spec Calls? No, sir. Well, I hunt down in Welsh, Louisiana a good bit, and I had the opportunity to meet one of the guys with Redbone, and I'm not very good with a Spec Call. I'll be the first one to admit it. I'm, I'm, I'm a novice at best. And so he spent about an hour with me, you know, hey, do this, do that, walk outside, see how it sounds outside, come back in, let's do it again, you know. And at the end of the hour, I won't repeat exactly what he said, but basically he told me I wasn't as bad as I was when I walked in. So <laughs> I, I took it as words of encouragement. I'm not exactly sure if he meant it that way, but he said I wasn't quite as bad when I when I ended my hour training session with him as I was when I walked in the door. So we we all have to learn <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> I took it as a compliment, like, well, okay, it, maybe it makes it sound like I'm getting better. So we'll we'll keep working on it. But yeah, okay. man, it's, it sounds like you've got some awesome people that have, you know, that you've got access to or, or been able to be around to, to help you, you know, pick up some tricks of the trade and different things and, you know, a lot of times when we're we're duck hunting and stuff, it's not so much how good you call sometimes as knowing when to call and when not to call. You know, reading birds and, and kind of seeing what they want to do because sometimes they want to hear loud calling all the way to water and sometimes they just, you know, just want to be bumped at a little bit. So, you know, it's kind of, kind of getting that feel. And I know from talking to your daddy that, you know, he's he's done it enough that, that he can help help you read them and, and figure that out other than duck hunting wheel or, or i guess we can we can kind of stay I, I heard a story that you've got a a turkey hunt lined up coming up in a couple of weeks yes sir are you fired up about it yet yes sir have you been working I on am. Your, have you been working on your turkey calling kind of i'm not the best at it hey baby we all got to start somewhere how do you get better? Uh, just keep trying. You practice, don't you? Yes, sir. Look at old turkey. Sometimes, sometimes woodman, woodsmanship, I won't say sometimes, I'll say a, a lot of times, woodsmanship will help you kill one way more than calling a lot of times. Kind of knowing where to be and yes, where they want to be and just how to read the territory and, and read the bird and get, get where you need to be. Yes, sir. Will, have you done a lot of turkey hunting? No, sir. I've done it like three times or two. Okay. But now you did got you get you. Did you get your first bird on either one of those hunts? Yes, sir. Okay. Cool. Well, tell us about it. We love to hear a good story. Um, I really don't remember it that much because it was so long ago. But. Anyways, we're sitting there in the morning, it's super foggy, and we are sitting there, and uh, my buddy Doug was calling at him, and they were 
goblin back and all that. And it was super pretty the way they found it. And you could, they were roosting up on the hill above us. A whole bunch of them, like a whole bunch. And you could hear their wings just going away when they uh, got out of the roost. And, um, it was awesome because one flew right down into our field and he would, he would come in, in range and leave. Right when I put it on, he would get out of range. He'd come back, get out of range, come back. And then finally he messed up. He came right in the decoy and messed up and he gobbled at the decoy and I guess he was about to try to fight the decoy. And then they told me to take him, so I shook him, but it was an awesome experience because you could hear him coming straight over your head, going everywhere. So y'all were close enough to the roost that they actually pitched out over the top of you and landed in the field. Yes, sir. That's pretty cool, isn't it? Yes, sir, it was. Now, Will, you're, you're 12, I'm 43. I know it's hard for me not to turn and look when I hear them gobbling behind me and be still. Did you have any trouble being still, or were you just just like a statue? Well, kind of both. I wanted to look back, but my dad told me to stay still, so I stayed still. And I would look back sometimes, and I wouldn't, <laughs> and then I would, and then I wouldn't. And then I watched them fly over me, which was super cool because you got to actually see the birds flying. Will, I'm going to go ahead and tell you that's about the only time that you will ever find that it's super cool to watch that bird fly. Because if he, <laughs> if he flies right after you shoot, it's an awful disappointing feeling. <laughs> There's nothing good about that one. <laughs> What's that, Will? I, I said I still like putting them down. Oh, man. All right, do you run out there and put your foot on the head? Uh, well, he was alive, so I just tackled him. Hold on, back up now. You tackled him? <laughs> he was running, so I tackled him. All right, is this on video somewhere? I think I have My a little bit of it. Yeah. Do you have the run and tackle of the wounded turkey? I would have to try to... What he wasn't actually running, he was flopping all over the place. He was pretty alive and we'll run and jumped on him. <laughs> and um it was pretty funny and he kinda of stood on his neck for a little bit. So you Well did... the bird was like you know when a wounded duck's on the water and he's splashing trying to get away but he can't really swim that fast? Mm -hmm. That's what he was doing except it was on land and that turkey was fast. Well, Will, I can tell you this. Uh, I took one of my nephews, or my nephew, and we got him, me and his daddy took him and got his first turkey. And he had talked it all up that, you know, we had asked him, you know, told him, you know, when you when you shoot him, you've got to run out there quick and put your foot on his head so he doesn't flop around or, you know, we, we, want, him, we want to finish him off quick. Oh, he was... A minor was six at the time. Oh, he's Mr. Bad to the bone now. He's going to tackle him. He was going to do just what you said. He was going to run out there and he was going to tackle him. Well, let me tell you, when he shot that turkey, it was a whole different reality when he ran out there because he got within about three feet of it and turned around and looked at us like, I'm not touching him. So, 
So his big talk about he was going to tackle him did not happen. <laughs> but yeah, if you did, he's got a video of that. I may have to see part of that on the on the tackle. But now, Mr. Jeremy and I both have all been there, and I'm going to bet you Daddy has too, where you take that shot and you see him and he starts moving and flopping because they will start flopping and then take off and get up and run. So you want to, you always want to get out there and get on them quick. At least I do. Yes, sir. He shot at that bird three times. I think he, he was a, he was a pretty good ways out. Dad, you ain't got to tell uh, all the secrets. You know, there's some things that just stay between buddies. Uh, well, let's just be honest about it. I mean, you know, such a bad truth, you know, I mean, if we're going to build a story at a, to make it perfect, uh, that ain't us. We, you know, we're going to tell the truth. Hey, run it to the plug. If that's what it takes, run it to the plug. Yeah, I told him. I said, shoot him again. He's still moving. Shoot him again. <laughs> He's out there, man. And so we had never been to this. You know, I used to live up there. We were in Campbellsville, Kentucky, and a good friend of mine, Jason Cox Farm, and um, he'd invited Will to come up and hunt. And there's a bluff behind us on the Green River, so we're sitting on the edge of the river, and they're up on that bluff, big rock, you know, wall, and them trees. Man, and it echoed off of them trees, off that bluff. It was insane. Boy, we had a great time. That kilo three and a half put a kick on the shoulder now. <laughs> yeah, it will. You say it put a little kick on you? Yes. Well, Will, I know... I know duck hunting's your favorite, but now Daddy was talking about earlier that fishing or frog gigging. Run us through fishing yes, and frog gigging. What's your favorite thing to do there? Um, fishing if the fish are biting good. Fishing if the fish. Now, are we freshwater fishing or are we saltwater fishing? Or does it matter? Mm, I haven't really saltwater fish much. So if we're talking about redfish, then yes. You like to see well, a line go tight. You like to see that yes, line sir. go tight and go running across? Yes, sir. Me too. There's not not a whole lot. Uh, a big bull red on light tackle is a is a fun time no matter what. Yes, sir. Well, I'd love to go fly fishing for him. I never tried that. Now, have you? Yes, you, you got a? Have you figured out a jig or a a, a fly that will actually? You think it's going to be a a good attractant for a redfish? Well, Justin has fly fish for him, so I think I can have a little help from him. Okay, so you've already got you've already got somebody that's been doing it. That I like that. Now, walk us through. I don't know if a lot of our listeners know, but and you know we've got a lot of listeners from all over the country. And uh, what was it, Jeremy? It was like forty-eight states and. 14 countries or something? Yeah, like we probably, that's probably more now than it's been several, several months since I pulled those numbers. But Will, a lot of folks that listen to this may not know anything about frog gigging. Kind of walk us through frog gigging. Well, uh, um, the idea that has that light on his eye, or he'll see it and frog or jump in the water. And so you gotta keep that light right on his eye, and you gotta walk up to him real slowly, and pull out there, but you gotta make sure you can hit him up, and you get, yeah! 
Man, you got me wanting to go frog gigging. Now, Will, a lot of people I know don't like frog gigging because usually when the gigging's good, the snakes are still out. Yeah, true. You don't have any, you hadn't run into any, any big old boxes that just don't want to play nice? I'll just smack them. Just going to smack them. <laughs> Gig them. <laughs> All right. Jeremy, I know it's the man. I know his young man's not from Amick County, but he ain't far. He sounds a lot like some of these Amick County chicks. <laughs> <laughs> he's got, he's got a lot of Mississippi in him. Yeah, boy, you eat up with Mississippi, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, we run up on some gators sometimes out there. A bunch. Well, y'all being right there at the reservoir, y'all probably see them all the time out there. We do. Not much. Yes. Well, not, not every day, but not regularly. Well, we'll not when we're crappy fishing, we don't see them. I noticed on, I watched season, I think I watched episode three just a little while ago, and there was, there was a, a spot on there right at the beginning of it. And, and I don't know if you know which one I'm talking about, but uh, and, and I'm I, I got a feeling that it was on all the episodes. I just happened to notice on episode three. But when y'all started your duck hunt that morning, it's dark. Everything was set up. You did something that that hit me that I know we do, but I don't know if a lot of other folks do, and I sure hope they do. You said a little quick prayer right there before the hunt started. Is that something that y'all do yeah. every time? We try to do it on on every time, but we don't always do it every time. But we try. Well, that's that's pretty awesome in my book. You know, just giving a little little word of thanks, a little word of praise, and asking for a, you know a safe hunt. That it always goes a long way. We we do the same thing. So, and I don't know if a lot of hunters do it, but I sure hope they do. And maybe maybe somebody that listens to this will will think about it next time they're on a hunt. Because I I try to do it before every turkey hunt deer hunt you know once you get up in the stand and get comfortable take a minute and say thank you and then enjoy your outing yes sir that's pretty solid in my book bud yes, sir. well guys i know we're kind of running down the last last end of the show here kind of Kind of walk us through for everybody listening. If they want to see more of what y'all got going on, and, and I know we touched on it just a second, and we, we'll hit it right here real quick. You said Justin Fortune, what Fortune Outdoors is a guy that's been been doing you filming and stuff, right? That's correct. Okay, so you know, kind of give a plug there, you know, and uh, and tell folks how they can find your videos where or find y'all so that they can can see and and kind of keep keep up with y'all and know what's going on. So, Justin Fortune with Fortune Outdoors is the guy that does all of our videos that have, you'll see teasers, you'll see uh, in the episodes of this season um, on Next Generation Outdoors. It's next underscore generation underscore outdoors. And there'll be a picture of Will's face on it, um, on the icon. And... Of course, Justin has a page called Fortune Outdoors, um, but you can find us there. You can find us on YouTube. There is another Next Generation Outdoors. There's a, you know, once you see ours, you can go to the, the Instagram and 
and hit the YouTube channel. It'll go over. And again, it is this year is brand new uh, for us, kind of really trying to gear up to promote this thing. So those are the two channels. There's one on <clears throat> Facebook. Um, it's under William Nichols, Next Generation. But I have not quite figured out how to work that thing or if I did something wrong, you know. <laughs> um, I need another young man to kind of run that stuff. But that's, that's the places you can locate it. And it's, on, I know on Instagram, it's next, N-E-X underscore generation outdoors. No, no, it's N-X-T. N-X-T, I'm sorry. I, I had it, I had that wrong. I do. So let me, let me, let me give a little bit of background on that real quick. N-X-T is nickels times three. So I lost my father at 18 years old and he was an avid, avid outdoorsman. I got married at 22, hunted a little while, got busy making a family and kind of carried on through that, you know, so it knocked me out of hunting for a while. Trying to develop, you know, into a man and figure that out. And, and then we moved to Florida, came back here and got back into it. Well, two years old. We get kind of back into hunting and stuff. So next is NXT which is, you know, William David no, Senior, William David Me, number two, William David, number three. I like that. That's cool. Nobody else. I've never told anybody really about how that came about. But, you know, as I was putting that together, instead of NEXT, I did the NXT. So you'll see sometimes there'll be like Will 3X, stuff like that. Um, it's the, the 3X is three times. That's so, awesome because you you've brought the history and the heritage into it, and and carrying on that family tradition with it. I like that. Doing our best, Jacob. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's a whole nother three or four episodes to understand all that. <laughs> <laughs> well, and we may have to come back and do that. The uh, it, it's and guys, I want to say thank y'all. Will we appreciate it, Mr. David? We appreciate y'all coming on with us today. Uh, Jimmy, do you have anything else? No, guys. Again, thank y'all and, uh, go check them out on, you know, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube and may, may want to follow up on, on Will. He, uh, you know, he's, he's making some strides and who knows? We may, we may see him on TV here for long. What you think, Will? Yes, sir. Hope so. <laughs> Hope so, buddy. Well, guys, look, we appreciate y'all hopping on with us again and, you know, doing this episode and, and everybody out there, we hope you enjoyed this episode of Outdoor Country Talk, and God bless. God bless. Well, ain't nothing like a southern night. Lord, to make you feel all right. I got the windows down. I got the radio on.